on this week's episode of Polk and Kush, the Pelicans are playing ball. We get into the Pelicans moving themselves right into playoff position. Plus, Taysom Hill is done as a quarterback, what it says about Dennis Allen. And of course, we got all your local news and what could be a week without talking about Jim Carrey's reaction to Will Smith and Chris Rock. Because what year is this? We'll get into all that right now. Polk. And Kush. Welcome everyone to Polk and Cush. It is Wednesday, March 30th, 2022. Happy birthday, Uncle Kevin. And what is happening, everybody? We are live on tape from the Bud Light Tangerine Studios. I am Scott Kushner, alongside my co-host, Mr. Andrew Polk. Happy birthday, Uncle Kevin. Yes, indeed. Uh, it is my brother's birthday. Nice. Very exciting. So, uh, big times happening in the big city. The Final Four is in town, uh, and the New Orleans Pelicans are playing some real basketball. It is a lot of fun. It is very festive. Uh, what is the mood like working in the French Quarter every day? Do your computer screens still look the same? Everywhere I go, it's Pelicans <laughs> madness. <laughs> Everywhere I go, people are wearing Zion jerseys, red, navy, gold, flags, flying from everywhere. I did see something today that I thought was funny. It, uh, it was a sign for the Final Four. And it said, welcome, basketball fans, to New Orleans. <laughs> we know there aren't any here. No. Now there's some here. So welcome. Uh, yes, uh, there are definitely going to be more basketball fans in town coming this week. That's weekend. true. But uh, the French Quarter, uh, we went to the Pelicans game last week. We went to the Bulls game. Yep. That was a lot of fun. And for... As long as I've been a Pelicans fan and a New Orleans Hornets fan, that is literally the first time I've seen the Pelicans win in the Smoothie King Center. That's unbelievable. I've seen them win in other arenas. <laughs> still I, unbelievable. I saw them win at the Staples Center. <laughs> that was my first Smoothie King Center win. It was a lot of fun. Um, even then, there was no Brandon Ingram for that Bulls game, but there was an energy around it definitely people are getting behind this team there were a lot of bodies in there that were there for the bulls mm -hmm. but just having human beings in there it, it created such a swell of energy it felt like a playoff game it was a lot of fun and something that these pelicans been missing for x number of years definitely the last two has been a reason to play with energy Usually that third quarter slump, a lot of times giving away the game at the last minute. Sure. And I think people are the difference. The, the, the biggest opponent of the Pelicans for the last couple of years may have been COVID. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Probably itself. Probably. But it sounds fun <laughs> to say it was COVID. Uh, but people being in there has made a huge difference, and it, and and this team has uh, been just a complete 180. Yeah, it was fun. We had uh, a bunch of beers. 
Uh, I did, at least. Uh, and then we had a lot of food, and we hung out, and it was like uh, people were standing and yelling. And at we, us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a really, like... Oftentimes, uh, the feel of a Pelicans game is often that of like a minor league baseball game where you're kind of there and you're like enjoying the scenery and the little games they play and it's quiet and you can kind of mm-hmm. talk to each other or whatever. This, uh, this weekend was kind of nothing like that. A, a very intense crowd, uh, people very much wanting to win. Uh, and uh, yeah, th- that fourth quarter against Chicago was like people standing pretty much the whole time. I think there's a lot. I think. I generally think it's hard to watch Jose Alvarado when he's playing well and not get excited watching him play. Absolutely. And uh, he was rewarded today with a four-year, $6.5 million Mm -hmm. contract. I guess that upgrades his rookie contract, and he gets, like, more than the 800000 or whatever. Yeah. Um, Well, he was on, like, a two-way contract, so this, like, locks him in for the next for the rest of the season as well as going forward. Yeah, and that's uh, that's a pretty good rookie contract. I think it's the equivalent of being drafted 20th. Oh, is that right? Uh, yeah, so yeah. Uh, congratulations and well-deserved. Definitely. Uh, you know, when he had uh, that performance in New York against the Knicks, mm-hmm. I had an eyebrow raised to it. You know, I think a lot of us did. Players yeah. have kind of flashed here before, and whenever you desperately need hope, you find hope in anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Jose Alvarado has absolutely proven himself to be worth this contract. And, uh, you know, this class, this not even draft class, this 2022 class is making up for the 2019 class. In, you know. Yeah, and, and certainly making up for, you know, how, how bad they botched free agency last year. It does feel like they've uh, turned a corner in team building, all those kinds of things. But it, it really... There is a oddly organic feel uh, to things around the Pelicans. It is very strange when you think about how this team came together as quickly as they did, yet it still feels like the culmination of a lot, right? Because they hit these draft picks. So you've seen these guys from their first day in professional basketball, and especially Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado, like those guys already have done the G League to the NBA thing. Like you already watched mm-hmm. that journey take place and then watch them find success kind of out of nowhere. Uh, Herb Jones has been like unbelievable. Like he's had, like such a reliable, consistent starter and someone who is getting better by the month. And it all comes together and you go like, they're not a great team, but they're really hard to not like. Yes. Like they, they are very much a team that is enjoyable. And believe me, as that Lakers game wound, and we'll get into more of it, but like as that wound late in the game, you could really feel like a connection between the people there and those on the floor. And especially like Alvarado's dancing around the court after the game. Everyone's going nuts. I was like, this is a regular season Pelicans game. And it does matter that there is people there because as much as we're all like, eh, you know, nobody gives a shit about this team. The fact is like, there's a real possibility that we didn't know that the city was capable of doing this again since COVID. There had not been a really full arena with people who cared through COVID and then through Hurricane Ida. Those are two like shape-shifting events. And so to see that it was still possible, that it's still doable, that people will show up and there are still there is still an audience that's willing to be engaged and that wants to buy in. Uh, I do think that's important for the franchise and for the city itself. 
It's also been a little hard to see the culmination of Zion with the Pelicans because Zion, uh, without a doubt, brought a lot of fans to the team. Sure. And then COVID happened, and you couldn't really see a, a physical representation of how many people were supporting this team. Yes. And now we could be seeing people that came to the team for Zion, and now that the team is getting better and getting good, mm-hmm. and we can come out to games, we're, we're kind of seeing that. There were a lot of people at that game that I would not have expected to be there. Uh, younger crowd, yeah. a cooler crowd, a hip-to-basketball crowd. It yeah. wasn't just people going in for free bobblehead night. It wasn't people getting out of the rain. These mm-hmm. were you know, people wearing $100 Pelicans jerseys <laughs> yeah. that, that seemed to know what was going on. Yeah, I my, agree. My hand was sore from writing autographs. <laughs> They're like, is that Polk? They're like, is that the guy from Big Bang Theory? <laughs> That's the one I always get from uh, the ladies at Dollar General. Yeah. yeah they call me Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I assume they mean Sheldon. Little do they know. Uh, um, it, the Yeah, man. It it's, it's, feels like it's, I mean, turn to corner is a, a, a ridiculous thing to say because we've been here before enough times to be like, well, the second they start losing again, it will all fall apart and then no one will want to watch them. Uh, you know, and, and it's hard to sell tickets uh, on a nightly basis, the Tuesday nights and that kind of stuff. Uh, but it does feel. Like, at least we know what's possible, and that is nice. Because there was a very large part of me that was like, they might just never be able to fill it again. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how many people are gone from Ida, and certainly I don't know how many, like, are just hung up the NBA uh, during COVID. So that was really good to see. It was fun. And just thinking about this team as a whole right now, you go, they're probably going to make the play-in game now, right? That gives them a pretty significant leg up uh, to beat the Lakers on Sunday. Uh, not only to take the lead, they own the tiebreaker there. Uh, that would allow them a home game for the 9-10 game. And then if they won that, then they would play the loser of the 7-8 game, which would probably be the Clippers. So you'd really have to beat the really banged up Clippers team on the road and probably beat the Lakers at home. That seems entirely doable. It does. Uh and Brandon Ingram is just getting back with the team. Did he? He, he did not play against the Spurs. Correct? He did not. So I think he was healthy enough to play Saturday, but he wasn't going to play in the back to back. Right. And if you know the Pelicans are deep in the Lakers' heads, because Brian Windhorst reported today that according to sources within the Lakers, the Lakers felt the Pelicans intentionally did not play Ingram against the Spurs because they wanted them to win, so that the Spurs would. Re- like beat out the Lakers in the chase for the 10 spot. And I was like, they don't have the kind of wiggle room no. to just not play, <laughs> to like intentionally lose games right now. There's no think 3D chess yeah. happening. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't think they have that level of like, uh, like it's one thing if you had like a five game buffer there. I was like, they had a half a game buffer and they were down 23 points to the Lakers the next day. I don't think, you know, like they could have been out of the playoffs entirely and right. things gone slightly differently. Well, that's like one of those thoughts that you have and you're like, I could see that being possible. <laughs> yeah. But then when you have the vehicle to give it to the public, then it becomes a whole thing. Yes. That is, of course, nonsense. Uh, but the Lakers game was 
I did not watch the Spurs game. Mm. The Lakers game was uh, incredible. I had people texting me, how do I watch this fucking game? I know, I did too, man. Isn't that crazy? Like, yeah. all of a sudden, it felt like people were like, I would like to watch this. Yeah. It's Sunday night at 7 o'clock, and I'm home, and I know this is a big game. And- it's it's very easy. You uh, make sure that your Cox Internet connection is working. <laughs> Hours later, you log on to ballysports.net.com. Or sure. dot com slash Polk and Kush. Put in promo <laughs> code, code uh, Polk and Kush. It's seventy dollars a month. It only shows the games after. It doesn't show any live. Like games. three days later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's only the Spanish broadcast. This, this episode brought to you by Bally Sports. Uh, legitimately, it's hard to to fathom anything that could be worse for trying to build a fan base than when. People who are willing to buy the product to watch it on TV are like, ah, no, no, thank you. You're not allowed to buy. You're not allowed to watch this game. What do you mean? I'm not allowed to watch this game. It's like, oh, yeah, well, uh, you know, you need to go get a a full basic cable package in order to do that. Like it's, you know, 2012. Uh, It just beyond comprehension, quite honestly, how they've screwed that up. And, yeah, I think it is costing them people like the potential customers who could have watched the last three games and just didn't and so i think people are starting to kind of catch on but they're really not going to be able to catch on until more of that but there is going to be a new tv deal next year i think that will be Mm -hmm. improved isn't it absurd like i always thought of like the itunes model of how you could buy you know one episode of a tv show yeah it's absurd that there is not an nba tv app where you can pick whichever game you want Three or five bucks a game? Yeah. Who wouldn't do that? I know the MLB had that, but you could only, they make it so it's all at a market. Right. So, like, you could do that to watch, you know, a random game from the other part of the country, but you couldn't do it to watch a team inside your market. Uh, yeah, there's... Which is such an antiquated model. All of it is so incredibly antiquated. There it's, is no one on the planet that would not go to the game because they could watch it on TV. Exactly. Movies are different. People yeah. have giant TVs, they have surround sound. They games are an experience. Yeah. Like and you got to be close. <laughs> who's running this? Like, you know, it's like oh, I'm 75 miles away. I can't watch the game, you know? Uh the whole point of it is to prop up the cable bundle cuz it's like the last thing that's hanging on is that like if you still have cable you can get your local teams mm-hmm. and so that's why Sinclair Broadcast this is really in the weed stuff right here we're losing it all on. of our content Sinclair Broadcasting which owns a bunch of local TV stations uh they purchased Fox Sports Net which then they turned into Bally Sports and the entire point of it was to get people to sign up for the cable bundle. So they made it impossible for YouTube TV, Hulu streaming, all of those that normally would do it uh, and that used to have the streams. They basically made it impossible. They charge an exorbitant rate. Mm-hmm. They couldn't come to an agreement with any of them. And so now everybody's stuck out in the cold unless you buy a cable bundle, which also gives carriage fees to all the other Sinclair stations. It is a scam. It is bullshit it is a terrible way to treat your customers the teams for the most part are completely locked out of that decision uh but yeah that's just a little history lesson on uh on what happened there well we are getting to the play-in and all of that should be a lot easier to watch yes i mean not everyone still even you know can get tnt and tbs yeah but yeah you can always go to ale on oak 
to watch. <laughs> of course, yes. And if you have any level of like YouTube TV or Hulu or anything, right. you can get those. Uh, I do think the Pelicans are in a very good position. I think uh, them being the number nine is probably as much as you could have aspired to be. There's still, what, six games left? Yeah, there's uh, two home games, four road games. The upcoming road trip is Blazers, Lakers, Clippers, and Kings in that order. The final four road trip. And uh, back home, I believe it's Portland, and then closing out the season with the Warriors. That's right. So Um, That's going to be insane. The Warriors, at this point, have a much larger fan base than the Lakers. Mm -hmm. The place is probably going to be split down the middle. It's going to... It's going to be wacky. Yeah, yeah. And so we'll see how it looks in a couple of weeks. But I think the, like that schedule set up and the way the standings are, the home playoff game here, like even if it's just a play-in tournament, that's going to be great. Like that really is going to mean a lot. Brandon Ingram has never played in a playoff game that's in the crazy. NBA. He has been so good for this team this season. And it's. I remember being at the press conference when they traded for Brandon Ingram. And he looked like he was high out of his balls like he was he was his eyes were all over the place he just looked like he was half asleep he was like slumped over I was like this guy is like the next coming of Eric Gordon you know it was like a guy just didn't want to be there they traded for this like good player because he's a good young player but like he has no interest in being here whatever and like to see the complete 180 that he's taken from like that moment or my impression of what that moment was uh, into now, which is like he is so far and away the leader of this team. He has been so readily embraced by all of the guys on the roster as being their leader. And uh, you just would never have seen that coming. And he's really goddamn good. Like him playing on Sunday made such a tremendous difference to what they can do, especially offensively. And he also uh, kept his composure at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Ingram last year, his skill, you know, put him in that position. He may not have been ready for it mentally. He may not have given a shit because of who the coach was. <laughs> he definitely was not a fan. But other than a missed free throw, he was nailing the shots and he was a rock uh, at, the, at the, you know. Yeah. And it's like when they need a bucket. And it gets into it gets to him at the elbow, like that free throw line extended. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of guys who you count on to take that shot, and he is automatic. It feels like from that spot, one on one, got you know, back against the basket, back facing the basket, and he just rises up and makes a shot. And that's tough, and that's not an easy shot. And he seems to be so good at it. And I think that's such a a, a buoy for this team offensively over and over and over again. And for the first time uh, in Brandon Ingram's career, other than, I guess, a little bit with LeBron, there's a second person there. Yeah. C.J. McCollum. Yeah. Um, They found a little more of a balance in that game. Um, When Brandon Ingram doesn't play, C.J. usually has about seven or eight more points. I think what you saw against the Lakers is probably going to be more of the natural flow Mm -hmm. going into the playoffs. Yeah. but they, you know, they're they're getting into a rhythm and it's good to see. It's going to be like I don't I don't think they can obviously. I don't think they could beat Phoenix in a playoff series. I think mm-hmm. that is, you know, way uh, extreme. But I am very curious to see just like how they match up against a really good team that's playing at their best cuz we've seen them so little healthy this season. Mm-hmm. Brandon Ingram's missed 20 something games since McCollum's come back. He's missed I think 12. 
Uh, so it's like they've never really played together that much. And you saw that second half against the Lakers, like, Jesus, like they can be really damn good on the right night. And it's like, what is the 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 possibility level? I don't think I've ever seen a team coming into the playoffs, at least here, where like I literally have no idea what their capabilities are. I don't know what their ceiling is. Like if they what seed would they have to be to where you'd think they could actually win a playoff series? And I don't know what it is. But it is very interesting, like how much, how much more they are capable of because they have CJ McCollum. And not that it would add anything to the conversation, but there has been no mention of this nationally. No, ESPN won't touch it. CBS Sports, like no one is talking about how the Pelicans are probably the the rising phoenix going into. Uh, the possible postseason. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota's played really well, and the Pelicans have played really well down the stretch here. And it's like all anybody's talking about is Boston, understandably talking about Boston. Uh, but there is this is, and this is, I think, is like probably the better case scenario for New Orleans. Right, is a little bit under the radar. They're playing better, but not great. They're not doing enough to like really capture the world's attention, and it's allowing those guys to all sort of. Uh, as lo- as under the radar as you could possibly be growing together as a team in the NBA. The Zion thing has always made it so skewed in that the progress is all sort of hinged on Zion, and I think that changed the timelines. I think it changed people's expectations, and it really messed with people's brains. Uh, and this is probably a much more wholesome way and, and natural way to go through a team-building process. I think so, too, and the fans feel involved in it. Uh, fans are invested in it, and they're seeing the payoff from it. And, uh, you know, it feels good to be positive about the team. It's weird, right? It, I mean, you know, I, I don't think that we've ever been blowing smoke up this team's ass. And yeah. this isn't like some crazy, like, change of personal self for you or I. No. This is simply the reality as I see it currently, and, yeah. it, and it feels good. Yeah. It feels very rewarding. They're, they have a lot of guys, play, and they've lost a lot of games. Like, yeah. Make no mistake, they lost to Orlando. They lost to Charlotte. They lost to San Antonio. Like, They have lost a lot of games to some bad teams, but what you see now on the court, you can picture a team that is good. For a very long time, you could not. There was no silver lining of seeing a team that looked to be pretty good. And now it's very hard to not see one, uh, that, that they're putting together something that everybody has a little bit of upside, at least. There is a lot of upside. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm very interested uh, to see how things go uh, the next couple of weeks. We, of course, have so much more to talk about. We've got a ton going on in the city right now. Uh, they're coming in by the, the, the thousands. Everybody's lining up outside of our doors here. All the Final Four fans are uh, basically it's all of Tobacco Road is outside of the Bud Light Lime studio. Uh, so we will talk about that. The Saints, city, everything. Stick around. We'll be right here. Poke in. You know what we're going to say? Catch the final four over at Ale. Ale on Oak, Uptown's finest patio. Over 30 beers on tap and a full menu and a courteous staff in the heart of Uptown. Check them out. I would say if you uh, do not want to drop the uh, $20,000 to get inside of the Superdome, uh, at least to get in a good seat, 
ale is definitely a better option for you. Believe me, I would much rather be at ale than I'd rather sit in the terrace for that game yeah. <laughs> on Saturday night. Uh, check them out. Full menu, 30 beers, everything that you could possibly want. Ale on Oak right off the streetcar line. Uh, you're going to want to make it happen at ale. Uh, the Saints are not doing much. Uh, they lost some guys in free agency, uh, namely Teron Armstead. Uh, but more importantly, what happened this week was they essentially gave up on the concept that we have been talking about for a very long time, which is the idea that Taysom Hill is a quarterback. And they came out pretty clearly, and it seems like uh, they're claiming Taysom Hill is, in fact, a tight end. Well, they were, you know, the, the term Swiss Army knife uh, got thrown around a lot. <laughs> yes. That and was I would say he's more of an, a regular Army knife. <laughs> it's just like a butter There's knife. just one <laughs> functioning thing. He's, he's a United States Army knife. He's the magnifying glass thing on the Swiss Army knife <laughs> that magnify you'd magnify ants if you were a psychopath. <laughs> he's going to be, according to Dennis Allen, they're going to focus on him being a tight end. Uh, Dennis Allen said specifically, if Jameis was on the field, he did not want to be standing next to Taysom. Yeah. That is because Taysom <laughs> doesn't believe in deodorant. <laughs> As part of his Mormonism, they use crystals. Uh, he's a stinky man. <laughs> he's got the magic underwear on. Uh, yeah, so the Taysom quarterback experiment uh, that has been ongoing. <laughs> this lie of an experiment. And and really, uh, those who've perpetuated, perpetuated the myth, led by Sean Payton, uh, and then you know filtered through the various media <laughs> of the Saints, which just basically gobbled up every single thing that Peyton told them about uh, Taysom. Like, yeah, he could. he's the next Steve Young. I was like, yeah, if Steve Young had one arm and it wasn't <laughs> the arm he throws with, like, I mean, he's he can't pass. And that's pretty important. He also can't read a defense. Like, these are all things that are critically important. And he's not that he doesn't have the skill to be an NFL player. He obviously is incredibly fast and strong and tough and all those things. But he ain't a quarterback, and uh, I'm glad that Dennis Allen is is making it very clear uh, because I am glad that conversation is over with. The Taysom Hill experiment, it was like one of those experiments in a lab that escapes, and then you have to say it came from a wet market. <laughs> And like a bunch of shit's happening and you go, no, this is supposed to happen. It came from something else. We'll be fine. And then it keeps snowballing and snowballing. And then your experiment is the starting quarterback. Yeah. And he's got a noodle arm. <laughs> he's running headfirst into people. It's like an NFL blitz game. You know, that's like fun for a few games. Where you're like, oh, he's really Bowling into those guys, and then you're like, for the love of God, don't snap your neck. Yeah, for the love of God, for, throw for the ball. For negative two yards, <laughs> don't snap your neck. The experiment's over. Yeah, and, and thank God, right? Like, yeah. the Saints went and signed Andy Dalton today, which, you know, put a, a really clear message that we have a backup quarterback. Taysom Hill's not the backup the backup quarterback. Yeah, Dennis Allen said he believes that Taysom could be one of the better tight ends uh, in the league. There's four good tight ends, so I guess, <laughs> you know, mathematically. <laughs> I mean, how many passes has he caught? Not many. 
I remember a few that he didn't catch. <laughs> like, yeah, the whole expectation level, if he's now like a, what, a top five paid tight end, is things, things change drastically uh, when you consider that's like what he is. He's still going to be on kickoff returns and punt returns and all that kind of How stuff. How tall dude. is he? I don't think he's that tall, right? He seems more fullback sized than yeah. tight end size, but, you know, what do I know? He's a go getter. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it, I, is it going to be better than Troutman? Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, he can get down the field and, you know, all these kinds of things. And he's just very fast and uh, he covers a lot of ground and he gives you a lot of flexibility offensively. Uh, I do think this should shine some light on the fact that, like, Yes, Sean Payton did a great job with the Saints offense for a very long time. However, the concept that he was like QB finishing school was going to New Orleans like nobody ever really came out of here significantly better than when they left. Drew Brees was just awesome and he was awesome for a really long time. And so it's very hard to for me to kind of say where did the Drew Brees greatness end and the Sean Payton greatness begin, and how do you parse that out? And I don't really know the answer to that question, uh, but I do think there's like a there. He's leaving because he didn't have a quarterback, and he knew that Taysom was not going to work, and he knew that Jameis was a a long shot to become like a, a great NFL quarterback. And it's I do think it's a it's a negative on his resume overall that he they were not able to transition out into the next era. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think history is going to be that kind to Sean Payton, especially wherever he winds up coaching next. Uh, quarterbacks did not. Co- it, it was not like New England where, you know, you had Brissett, Garoppolo, a couple of people that you know, have had up and down careers that no one out of New Orleans has had anything. And now you've got three names that people know, Blake Bortles, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston. Uh, Dalton, you know, he was in Dallas a couple seasons, or one season, I believe, behind Dak Prescott. Uh He never really got into it there and then he was most recently with the bears if is that yes correct? he was he started a few games last year with the bears you know andy dalton uh i feel like he probably has some gas in the tank and as far as qb2 goes i think it's a very good uh decision he's i think six million dollars potentially on a one-year contract yeah it's low risk Jameis is Probably not going to start every single game this season, whether it's for injuries or performance issues. Who knows? But uh, that's a satisfying pick. It's somewhat known, and uh, it's it's very new territory for uh, the Saints to bring in a veteran quarterback. Definitely, yeah. That I mean, outside of I think there were a couple that came in the Breeze era. The uh, yeah, you know, whatever. There was a couple guys in there, but it's it's just. Considering where they are right now, it's all up in the air. But it is nice. It's a very firm statement that says Taysom Hill is not going to play quarterback for this team. Now, will any of these quarterbacks have anybody to throw it to? That is still the (laughs) eternal question. Uh, You know, Taysom at tight end is a huge question mark. I don't think there's been any news on Deontay Harris in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Michael Thomas is still expected to return uh, sure. Eventually, at some yeah, point. Sure. Uh, in the meantime, Traquan Smith has been re-signed for Confetti. two years. Um, you know, uh, issues with 
his dependability, issues with his availability, yeah. but he uh, is somebody that knows the system, and we're going to have him for at least two more seasons. Yeah, and I guess that does count for something, right? Uh, he knows something. I guess he's a good downfield blocker, they say. Uh, every time I see him, I uh, am screaming the F word and somewhere in his name uh-huh. because he's usually doing something wrong. So I'm not a huge uh, Traquan guy, but, you know, I think it's cheap. Marquez Callaway. I like him. We, uh, you know, we were high on his horse last season. Sure. Big on the Callaway, but he didn't have anybody to throw it to him. So maybe this could be every year you say, you say Traquan Smith is going to break <laughs> out. You say Marcus Davenport's going to break out. We said Callaway last season. Callaway didn't have anybody to throw it to him. He I did okay. He did okay. Mark it down. Callaway breakout year with some quarterback. Maybe it's Blake Bortles. What's, Who knows? <laughs> what's great is that so much of that came from like a preseason game against Jacksonville. Sure. And we're like, man, they looked awesome. And it's like, uh, it turns out that the Urban Meyer was intentionally trying to uh, piss off every single player in his team to like have a mutiny against him. Uh, yeah, no wonder they didn't look too great in that, uh, in that preseason game. I mean, game. Tim Tebow was out there. Yeah. He, did, he looked pretty good. <laughs> he looked look just fine um the interesting thing i heard tonight uh as i was driving in on wwl radio uh sean payton was interviewing uh with christian garrick and and bobby Bear, and he said and they asked basically could you promise saints fans that you wouldn't one day go to atlanta or dallas which i think are the two places saints fans would like to see him the least and he said nah you can't pretend project teams or predict the future i mean you're sitting next to a guy that went to atlanta <laughs> and bobby Aver, which i thought was great what did bobby say i did anything intelligible yeah. <laughs> 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 but it was uh yeah a telling remark by sean payton who in case you guys didn't realize it doesn't give a shit about the Saints anymore. And this was his uh, press tour for the Netflix movie? I believe it was either that or he's trying to get a TV gig or he's just, you know, bored. He's, he's got, doing the, what, isn't he doing something? He's on The View now. He replaced... Uh, <laughs> Star Jones. Yeah, yes. he replaced Megan he, McCain. He's doing the commencement address for Loyola. That's what he's doing. Yeah? Yeah. Because that's what those kids, after you know, spending two hundred fifty thousand dollars at Loyola, they went to listen to a football coach talk to them for thirty minutes. Let the basketball coach. He's yeah, the, <laughs> he's the more recent champion. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, there's. Uh, I'm. I'm really very interested in the Dennis Allen thing. I'm glad he's making some moves that make him stand out. And that it's not just as like, it is about continuity. It is about keeping that culture. But at the same time, he is very obviously making moves that make him a separate entity and, you know, putting his own stamp on this team. This is definitely the most I've heard Dennis Allen speak in the last decade. Yes. Um, there at uh, like a coaches convention in Florida or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's. I'm not that familiar with the guy. And uh, hearing him speak about the team is, you know, it's. It's not Sean Payton. He certainly seems friendlier than Sean <laughs> to, to the press. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm getting acquainted with him. Uh, it's still incredibly early, and, you know, uh, hopefully it's a fun season. Absolutely. Uh, you know, a whole lot more to talk about. We've got your local roundup. He's giving 
That's right. Local news. Um, this one's going to come as a surprise. Woman released from St. Tammany Jail <laughs> steals car an hour later, gets hurt in a crash after a chase. Police say. Now, let me tell you what the surprising part is. Yes. That there was a chase. <laughs> and that it was in St. Tammany. <laughs> <laughs> A woman who bonded out of St. Tammany Parish Correctional Center, which I hear is lovely, <laughs> uh, on Monday afternoon, stole an idling car from outside a fast food restaurant within an hour of her release. A New Jersey That's resident, awesome. she sustained injuries after crashing the car during a police chase. Uh-oh, her oh. name, Sarah Connor. <laughs> What isn't this like the year that ter- like Skynet started in Terminator? Dude. You gotta be old to get the reference, but yeah, Sarah Connor, man, what a great name. Okay, now I'm completely questioning the story. Yeah, now it it's says she's fake. from New Jersey. Her name's Sarah Connor. She's clearly she gets out of prison and clearly has something to do. Warn us about <laughs> Skynet. Stop a Terminator. <laughs> Who was this police officer that was chased? Did he turn into liquid steel? In 2019, Connors had pleaded guilty to possession of Schedule 1, 2, 3, and 4 narcotics. That's a bingo. That's most of them. (laughs) That's Benadryl up to heroin. Uh, And she was sentenced to no more than 364 days in prison, blah, 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 escaped jail. Well, they let her leave jail. She didn't break out. I'm sure she could have broken out if she wanted to. I would think so. And then she stole a car. I wish I knew which fast food restaurant it was. It had to be McDonald's. McDonald's. If somebody's in a, if there's an idling car waiting for a long time, could be Popeye's. Oh, that's true. They always ask you to pull up. That is true. You, you know, as if they're surprised by what you ordered. Most of the time, I think they're hoping that you pull up and just instant kicked in and you drive off and leave. <laughs> I have done that before. Um, police gave chase to her on 190. Connors sideswiped another car and crashed the stolen vehicle off the fairway drive. Police did not say how fast Connors was driving when she crashed. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to, you know, pull out the radar gun. The- <laughs> how would they possibly know that? <laughs> Look, Barney Fife is having the time of his life chasing this lady. I can't believe they chased her. That's amazing. Yeah, well, they... You know, caused her to crash by chasing her. Maybe she would have just used her turn signals and gone about her merry way had they not. Look, I'm not. I'm not saying I have the answers. No, I don't have the answers either. But I also don't feel that bad for her. But a lot of people, uh, I feel like, are either escaping jail or getting away with the chase. I bet they don't put in the paper when the person being chased gets away. Yeah, that probably doesn't make it. Because it's not like L.A. where they have the chopper, you know? Yeah. Like, it's very hard to know that a chase occurred. Yeah, here we have a fan boat. Yeah. So unless you're near <laughs> the canal, you're not going to get chased. You're in coquetry. My yeah. dad outran the police once. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. For what? Uh, it would have been a speeding ticket. 
and uh, we were out in the country. Like, a single speeding ticket? He decided to gun it? I mean, I don't know. Maybe he had a <laughs> gun in the car that I was unaware of. Maybe we were trafficking something. Maybe I was being trafficked. I That's incredible. So the guy hit the lights? Hit the lights, came out. My dad peeled off. We were like on top of a heel, <laughs> hill. He like turned down uh, a moonshine running road. This is completely real. And he just like turned off his lights. And, you know, it's like. Chief Wiggum, you turn off the lights. He's like, where did he disappeared? That's amazing. It was not quite as, uh, it was not like a movie or anything. We just turned like twice and that was it. And that was it. Yeah. And I want, yeah. I wonder if he had to go to jail for that. Uh, he probably just would have gotten the shit kicked out of him <laughs> in front of his son. And then they would have been like, get out of here, Michael. <laughs> Uh, oh man, that is a bold maneuver. But he did save fifty bucks, or whatever it's yeah. being <laughs> cost. I'm sure that's the kind of thing you do when you're like fighting with your wife. Or yeah, it's like I'll f- tell me I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you calling a loser? I beat the cops. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just a little look into the Polk family tree. Yeah, we're all learning. It all it fills in the colors quite nicely. Um, keeping with the erratic driving theme, there was another uh, person doing donuts. This time it was at the middle of a very busy intersection in New Orleans East. There's like, if you watch this video, it's on WWL, which I'm not going to pull up on my phone because it'll make me (laughs) turn into a lunatic. Uh, But this person's, it's probably a good 30 seconds. And people are honking this. People are getting a little braver. Before, they were just standing around watching. Yeah. There was another one we did not cover. It was, like, next to Blue Giant. Oh, like on Magazine there? Yeah. 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 There was Good somebody Lord. just going around there. And that's not, like, a big intersection or anything. That's just, a like, a stop sign or two. This is a huge one in the east. And they're, like, they were trying to do, like, therapy speak about it in the article, saying, like, this bravado... <laughs> is used to show off toxic masculinity with powerful weapons. And it's like, th- these are just guys doing donuts. Yeah, it's like, they're just being assholes. There's like, no it's... Super One Foods parking lot that's completely empty for them to do donuts in like they do back home. So they're just doing it in traffic. Yeah. At, at that, like, once it gets on Instagram and people see that there's no consequence for it. Mm-hmm. Then it's going to keep happening. Oh, yeah. More and more and more because it's doing donuts looks like it's pretty fun. It's definitely dangerous and it's definitely disruptive, but it does look like it's pretty fun to be in the car. It seems fun. I'd like to see the human side of it and see one of these young fellows get out and throw up. (laughs) With holding the rifle. That was a doozy. Need some Dramamine. <laughs> or they have like them going to buy tires the next day. Be like, yeah, I it was think, a good run. I don't think they're buying the tires. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, that's a valid point. Um, yeah, dude, I just, what are they, is anybody getting arrested? Do they get arrest these guys? 
People don't get arrested for murdering other no. people. Well, they get arrested, then they quickly leave. Yeah. They visit the and jail they, and say hi. They're doing donuts in the prison parking lot. <laughs> yeah. There was uh, another video today of, it was somewhere in the Mariner Bywater, kind of like it was near Sukhothai, uh-huh. and it was somebody doing donuts around a police SUV with the lights on. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What is going on? Nothing is going. What on. is going? Like, there was nobody in the car. I assume. I. I would it's pray. hard to tell. I don't think that there was. You Just could sound not asleep see. with his mouth open. <laughs> Quite possibly, or he got suko tie and he's you know enjoying his pork waterfall. <laughs> oh man, the donuts. Now you've got a few, disaster. right? You've got one or two. What parts to add to this segment? <laughs> I do, I do. Uh, so I don't know if uh, if anybody saw the city council meetings today were uh, were going on, as the city has finally decided uh, that having a monopoly for Cox Communications for all of your internet and cable needs uh, might not be the greatest way in the world uh, to operate a city, and so J.P. Morell, a city councilman took to Twitter and basically, you know, came out and said, like, look, we are talking about this is very important. Uh, Cox, the general Internet issues, they're on the table for our next meeting. And if anybody has ever been on Twitter and bitched about their Internet service, you will know that the first thing that happens is some bot from Cox drops into your mentions and asks you what's wrong and how they can help, which is supposed to, I guess, make you feel better. And instead, they dropped into J.P. Morrell's mentions and said, Hi, J.P. Morrell. I'm so sorry you're having issues with your internet service. We want to help. Please DM for your full name and address for assistance. <laughs> Shereel. Shereel, he's literally at the meeting talking about Cox Internet, the company. And then he wrote, This is a joke, right? And she wrote, Nope, not a joke. If you have service with us and are having issues, we'd like to help. (laughs) Every bit of the phoniness that you feel from every single one of those interactions that you've ever had with Cox, that pretty much confirms it. Oh, yeah. And this is, if it's not a robot, it's somebody in a call center in a prison in Pakistan and they're going to say their names like Daryl. And then you're like, hey, Daryl, uh, my Internet's uh, not working ever. And then they go, oh, that sucks. Have you thought about paying us more money? <laughs> you thought about getting the better Internet? <laughs> yeah. You're like, what do you mean? And they're like, just pay us more. Just give us more money for the Internet that works. And you're like, shouldn't all of it work? And they say, no, it shouldn't. You need to buy more Internet from us. It's such a scam. And yeah, the city allows it because there's only one provider in the whole city for all this stuff. Now, I suppose AT&T has got fiber now. AT&T had DSL years ago, which I had. Yeah. It was slowish, but it worked most of the time. Yeah. And I think they have fiber uh, that they're installing, but it's only in certain places. So that's, you know, at least it's getting better. But yes, Cox still owns a monopoly in the city, just the same way Energy does. And it turns out that uh, the monopoly that you give the power of the monopoly to uh, in exchange for some money 
it, it is uh, bad for the customers. Ah, it seems to be. So it seems like it's bad for the citizens to only have one option in most cases. Uh, so anyway, I just thought that was great that they, uh, you know, just completely whiffed that. Well, energy can be taken out by a bird, by a squirrel. Yes. Um, but let's not take it out on birds. There's a very special bird. <laughs> yes, there's a very special bird. Uh, if you are in the Araby area, uh, you know, our thoughts are with you, number one, after going through the tornado. Uh, and it appears that uh, St. Bernard Parish lost and found pets. Uh, says that uh, Mr. Bingle is missing. Mr. Bingle is a parrot. Uh, this parrot is very unique because he knows his name, and when he asks you to fly, he will say, uh, Mr. Bingle, come, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. He also knows the Hoodat chant. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so this is the most St. Bernard bird of all time, uh, and he also will say, what you doing and touchdown saints. And he also will sell you oxy behind a dollar general. <laughs> so they taught a bird the Hoodat chant, which is legit just peak St. Bernard. This bird is probably smarter than <laughs> maybe some people doing donuts in intersections. Yes. He's got a ripe vocabulary. He understands sports to some degree. Responds when you call his name. How can we find this bird? More importantly, how can we get him on the show to profit off of him? Yeah, that would be, we need a mascot, a bird mascot that comes in here and does the Hoodat chant to open every single show. There was, of course, the tornado in Araby last week. I don't know if a bird would be affected by that, if that would be like a roller coaster for the bird, yeah. if it would throw the bird to another town. Maybe that bird's in like Bentonville, Arkansas right now, who datting it up. Yeah, doing the learning the pig suey chant. That's what the, the bird is learning. Quite right possibly. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if anybody sees Mr. Bingle. If you see a bird <laughs> email pokingcash.com. <laughs> what color's the bird? The Let's bird, get some description. The bird is uh is green okay. with an orange beak and a little white uh neck. So Mr. Bengal, uh, we are thinking about you and everybody uh, who is looking in St. Bernard for a bird. Uh, we need you back very bad. Perhaps think- Sarah Connor might run right through him. Maybe this bird has escaped to take down cocks <laughs> by landing on their cable lines. Sarah Connor's here to stop that from happening or to make sure it does happen. Yes, very important. Uh That'll take us in to my favorite part of every single week on this year's program, ladies and gentlemen. The worst! What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumb for The worst. The worst is the worst thing I saw or read this week. Send them in if you got them, polkandkush at gmail.com. Yeah, I mean, for anybody who, you know, as any level of media saw, Will Smith uh, stood up and slapped the hell out of Chris Rock uh, at the Oscars on Sunday night. Uh, that has been talked to death. Uh, and so, then the Pelicans ripped off our meme of it. Did yeah, you see that? ridiculous. <laughs> Just ridiculous. Uh, as the, uh, yes, uh, the... 
that was very obvious that was going to happen, uh, by the way. Uh, and uh, so I don't really care about what actually happened. But what I did enjoy is that uh, Jim Carrey uh, went on CBS this morning and said he was, quote, sickened by the Hollywood's <laughs> reaction to it. And somewhere in there, he said that he would sue Will Smith, if it was him getting slapped, for $200 million. Quote, he didn't want the hassle, Kerry said, about why he thought Chris Rock didn't sue. I would have announced this morning that I was suing Will for $200 million because that video is going to be there forever. It's going to be ubiquitous. That insult is going to last a very long time. You know what would be worse? That everybody thinks that you're such a douchebag that you have to sue for $200 million for getting slapped in the face. Yeah. That insult would actually last significantly longer. What a tool Jim Carrey is. Yeah, Jim Carrey's kind of gone like a crazy like shamanistic route where he talks about like a lot of introspective nonsense for a man who was originally known for talking out of his ass <laughs> quite literally he yes. would move the cheeks side to side as ace ventura <laughs> i think if you just picture everything jim carrey is saying now with that ace ventura ass speak it makes a lot more sense <laughs> yes um yeah will like chris rock doesn't need to do anything will smith has been openly cocked for years. <laughs> There's been a lot of uh, gay rumors about him, and to dispel that, he slapped a man uh, yes. during an award show. <laughs> so I think the conversation is still going to be centered around Will. Yeah, uh, Chris Rock is probably doing just fine. I don't think anyone came away from that being like, Chris Rock's career is over. How is he ever going to recover from this insult? I think it was more like Chris Rock is more famous than Chris Rock has ever been. Oh, yeah. In this exact moment. Uh, $200 million. I also enjoy Jim Carrey said uh, he doesn't have anything against Will Smith, despite the fact that he clearly has a lot against him. Uh, but he did. And he also said in, in just the most uh, overwrought way. Uh, it cast a pall over everybody's shining moment that night. A lot of people worked really hard to get to that place, to have their moment in the sun and get their award that they worked really hard for. Everyone still got their award. He didn't, like, burn the building on fire. He did something that got a lot of attention. No one would have been talking about the Oscars otherwise. It's not as if we would have all been focused on the short animated animation film, if not for the slap <laughs> happening. Uh, we wouldn't have even talked about who won Best Picture, a movie that I'd never heard of until last week. Uh, so this is just complete overwrought, pious bullshit uh, from Jim Carrey. Was Will Smith a complete psychopath for doing that? Uh, 100%. It was a lunatic move uh, to the highest degree for you. And you as a comic, I'm sure, have uh, stronger feelings than most about, you know, somebody walking up to the stage and hitting somebody and everyone else saying, like, he's justified. He was saying mean things about his wife. <laughs> he was defending his wife. It's like, no, that's not defending. Defending your wife is like, oh, your wife is in danger. And then you're going to go do something about it. This was not that. Well, maybe Jim Carrey is just so out of touch with reality. He thinks $200 million is like 
what was the maximum amount on like people's court? It was like yeah. five hundred bucks. <laughs> he probably thinks two hundred million dollars is five hundred dollars. He doesn't know that it's you know a world shattering amount of money. Uh, yeah. Also, the entire thing was fake and for publicity. And, <laughs> yes. You know, Chris Rock was wearing like a face mask <laughs> blended in, and the slap was only from one angle. He like walked away like he was in Bad Boys. A lot of questionable stuff going on. You're there. going full galaxy brain on that. I one? think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's more fun to just assume it was fake. I mean, if if it's the only interesting thing that happened, so make it more interesting. Let's, I agree. Let's get aliens involved. If not for people placing bets on it uh, that I knew, I would not have known the Oscars were on Sunday. I haven't seen, unless like Spider-Man was nominated, I don't think I've seen <laughs> I think Licorice Pizza was actually nominated. Okay, for that's got to be the only one. Yeah, that was the only one that I had seen when I looked through the list. Uh, was Lizzo's Big Girls nominated <laughs> for anything? <laughs> I've seen that. I've, I've watched the same episode of Sesame Street about 500 times this year. Uh, I don't think that got uh, nominated yeah. either. The Toy Story from 1995 was that on the list? I've I don't seen. think so. If uh, so, I did not watch it. Uh, yeah, it, it was a very big thing. Of all the reactions to it, I think that was actually the worst. Though. I think Jim Carrey, and and there were a lot of people saying a lot of incredibly stupid things. Uh, particularly the ones saying that Will Smith was completely within his right to do it is like you are also a complete moron. But I. I the level of insult that uh, Jim Carrey has pulled out of that is uh, truly remarkable. Absolutely. And I hope with that, that is the last I ever hear or think about <laughs> that incident. Agreed. Instagram has been brutal the last couple of days. Follow us on Twitter if you are a fan. Send us an email. Tell us your thoughts. Rate, subscribe, like, tell a friend, tell your grandpa, tell your wife, tell your kids. We appreciate it. Every review helps out, as does every friend you tell. Check out Ale on Oak. If you haven't signed up for DraftKings, please use promo code Polk and Kush. We thank you for listening. I'm Andrew Polk. That is Scott Kushner. We'll see you next time. See ya!